Welcome to the last episode of season one of Thinking Out Loud. I'm Riaz Safi. Please show some love and hit the subscribe button so that you never miss another episode, as we might have a surprise coming your way. On today's episode, we talk about something we all need for us to live, enjoy life, go on a holiday, buy your first home, save, and enjoy its rewards in the long and the short term. However, it causes the most amount of anxiety in most people. In fact, in South Africa, we have a poor savings culture. Despite some people working in good jobs, it is said that around the 15th of the month, according to a survey done last year in South Africa, most people are broke. Today, we ask relevant questions that you might be thinking about, but afraid to ask. On Thinking Out Loud, our topic on the show is money. Show me the money. I'm extremely thankful to feature one of South Africa's award-winning financial journalists, television presenter and editor of the, the one and only Maya Fisher French. Welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Well, thank you so much for having me. What do you think money is still a tough topic to have a conversation about today? I think it's because it is so important. It is. It is. It underpins absolutely everything we do, and we may not like to believe that. Um, we, you know, we all have these things that I think we have this, this confusion in our head that you know the love of money is the root of all evil. But at the same time, without money, we can't achieve many of our goals. So you know, it, it underpins so many of our things. If I want to offer my children a good education, if I want to have a roof over my head, if I want to, anything I want to do involves money and it involves the management of money. And we have this whole hierarchy around it of, you know, somebody who's got more money than you is better than you, or you may have less. So I think there's this, a lot of, it just, it, it's so part of our whole lives and it's got a whole lot of emotional context. I think it's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's a conversation that will ever really be very easy to have. Thought provoking indeed. And the pandemic has come as a rude awakening to many. While some people lost their jobs, others' work hours have been reduced. It's just been a tough time for many, many people. If you don't have a plan and find yourself in this situation, what would you say is the best way to deal with this situation? Okay, the most important thing. I promise you, it's going to sound like, oh, is it that simple? It is as simple as this. Start working out where your money goes every month. People do not have a relationship with their money, an intimate relationship with their money from that perspective. And, you know, I I do run a competition called Money Makeover every year. And we actually ask people when they enter the competition to tell us, to give us their budgets. And they always write down what they think they spend. And when we go through their bank statements for the last three months and all of their spending, we always find that they are spending more than they realize. And that's the starting point. If you're finding yourself struggling, struggling to make ends meet, understand where literally every cent is going. Because once you've got a handle on that, I promise you, it's going to sound weird, but you're going to start finding it easier to manage and you're going to see opportunities that perhaps have missed you by. So I think for me, the starting point is go back, over the last couple of months, see where your money's gone and then also start writing down absolutely everything you spend on, on a real-time basis because that also helps you kind of just calibrate. You know, you go to the shops and you always land up throwing that extra item in, in the grocery basket. Suddenly it's like, oh, I've got to write that down. Maybe I'll put it back on the shelf. So I think for me, that is really the, the key point is just to get to understand exactly where every random cent is going. Interesting that you mention people and the relationship they have with money. On that note, I'm actually reminded of a friend 
who has built up this huge credit card debt over the years and most of his earnings goes towards paying off this debt. He never manages to save as he believes that one day when all his credit has been paid off, he will save. Now, is that the right approach to have? No. <laughs> so that's going to sound, people are going to say, what? Of course you must pay off your debt. Yes, but the problem is you get into this debt trap um, or this, this anti-wealth mindset. So what I've seen so often is that people spend on their credit card all year, then they get a bonus or a 13th check and they say, I'll use that to settle my credit. And they settle it. But the next year they do the same thing again. So the next year they're spending, spending, spending on their credit card, come that bonus. So all that bonus or extra money that they get simply goes to paying for last year's credit card. And they never, ever, ever get out of that, that kind of ritual or mechanism. And they will suddenly wake up five years later and realize they've never saved a single cent. So for me, you, you actually need to have two strategies. You need to say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to get rid of this credit card debt. There are lots of ways to get off credit card debt. Uh, part of it is just paying it off. But the other thing is, is if, if it's very large, it may actually make sense to, to take a consolidation loan but with an end date. But you've got to look at that, that debt and you've got to say, how am I going to pay this off from my monthly income? How can I have a debt payment strategy moving forward? And so that when you get to lump sum or bonus or anything like that, you can actually say, this money I'm going to invest with. This is the money I'm going to grow. Maybe some of it you use towards your debt, but you need to start really, really investing. And, and I would say to your friend, you know what, if unless the creditors are actually knocking on your door, even take 500 Rand a month and start saving and investing. Don't just get caught up in this, I'll get there one day. Because I promise you, it sounds like he doesn't have much enough discipline anyway to get this. He's going to find out, he's going to come to the age of 55 and realize he hasn't saved a cent. And by then it, it's going to start become too late. Having read a lot of your articles, you very often encourage people to take out the tax-free savings account. Can you tell us why you encourage this vehicle for saving purposes? So for long-term savings, it's it's like a no-brainer for me <laughs> because um, when you, you know, if you start saving, maybe in the first couple of years, you haven't really accumulated enough to realize the tax implications. But I can tell you that even if you're putting 500 Rand away every month, within five years, if you wanted to cash that in and use it for something, you will actually pay capital gains tax. So people realize that there's all these taxes on our investments. And quite frankly, I don't know about you, but I feel like I work hard enough and I pay enough tax that I don't want to pay more, more tax on my investments. So for me, your first, you're allowed to invest 36,000 Rand a year into a tax-free investment. And this is very important that you do this for your long-term money. This is not money you're going to cash in next year or the year after, because it's over time that that, that tax liability uh, sort of really starts to build up. So maybe something in 10 years' time uh, that you've got a, a goal in 10 years' time or 20 years' time. In fact, it's a great supplement for retirement savings because it's got a, it's, it's, it's a different mechanism to your perhaps your pension or retirement annuity. It's got a lot more flexibility at retirement. So it's very complementary for retirement savings, but it can also be for your longer-term goals. Uh, maybe you want to one day start your own business or you're wanting to educate your children. Anything, I would say, if you've got a goal that's more than 10 years um, away, then definitely use a tax reinvestment uh, protection against paying tax. Now, besides setting up a tax-free savings account, why is an emergency savings account a must? Oh, that's probably my number one. <laughs> so so you're, you're going back to actually to your friend who, who says you'll get around to saving one day. 
I would say even if you were trying to pay off debt, so say, look, my strategy this year is to pay off my debt, I would say first build up that emergency fund. And the reason for this is most people land up, when we find people landing up in, in debt counseling, for example, or becoming indebted, it's often an emergency or unexpected expense that pushed them there. So they, they, they're kind of living on the credit cards and all of this, but they, they're juggling and they're managing it. But then a, a life event happens. It could be, you know, it could be as simple as uh, that, that sort of proverbial, you know, the burst geezer or, I mean, burst tires. Okay, my car went through a pothole punctured one tire the problem is my car now because of the balancing and everything you actually have to replace both tires now i mean that's you know a couple of thousand rand that just out of the blue that you're not planning for it's those that often medical bills are another big one so these are things that that can come up and actually push you because you haven't got savings you've pretty maxed out on most of your, most of your credit lines that's the thing that can really push you over the edge so i always advocate that at least start with fifteen thousand rand say fifteen thousand rand i've got you know you can put in a 32-day notice or somewhere a little bit further away from you not your bank account and say at least i know if something happens i'm not going to have to access credit and over time you want to build that up to having your three, it's we pretty much say try at least have three months of your expenses put away. And I think COVID and lockdown really highlighted the need for that. I think people who had that were obviously a lot more resilient than those who, who didn't. Definitely see the importance of setting up an emergency account and can relate to the burst tire, I must say. What is the best and the worst money decisions that you've made? Oh. <laughs> so, um, it's probably the best decision I ever made. Well, let me start with my worst one. So my worst one was, was I, we, bought, um, we bought a house that we shouldn't have bought. And it was one of those things, and I think we all get caught up in that. My second child was born, and I thought, oh, we need a bigger garden. We need more. We always need more, 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 right? We're never happy with what we have. Um, so I bought the big, we bought the bigger, bigger house, bigger bond, um, more maintenance costs, more running costs and all of that. And, and you know, in the end, we actually, uh, we did, we moved from Johannesburg to Cape Town and we sold it. But I look back and I just think about what that, that cost us just in terms of, you know, the, just the excessive expenses that it brought us. And I know we now live in a much smaller house with incredibly low running costs compared to what we were paying in that huge sort of fixing, a fixer upper with the big, big garden and let me tell you my kids never even played in the garden all those things that we buy the stuff for these imaginary things that are going to happen so I think that was probably one of the worst um, decisions I ever made and I think my best decision was you know we um, I actually write about it in my book um, your money questions answered and I um, my husband and I were both retrenched at one point at the same time this was by the way after buying that very big house that we shouldn't have bought um, and we just had a second child and we were both retrenched within the same period of time. And we, I write all about it and, 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 um, and, and how we had to budget our way out of that. But one of the things I did is I had an investment that I had made offshore and I never touched it. I never cashed it in to pay off my debts. Remember, we spoke about that a little bit earlier. I just left it. And that value um, and what it's worth today has been absolutely significant uh, between both the growth that it had overseas, but also obviously the RAND weakening. It's been an amazing, uh, and, and I just look back and I think it could have been so easy to go and cash that in, settle the debts, 
um, and, you know, started from scratch. But actually, that would have been a really, really bad decision. It was better that, that we structured and paid our debts um, off, you know, by budgeting and just cutting back on our, our lifestyle. So I think that would be a really good example of that, perhaps going back to the first question you said, between kind of um, paying off debt and, and investing. Thank you for sharing that inspirational story. Now, everyone talks about it um, when we discuss finances, and it's a big word out there. What exactly is financial freedom? Financial freedoms, I think, different for different people. Um, but, you know, some people will say, I want to never have to work again. Others will say, well, I just don't want to have debt. There'll be different things. But I suppose it is that sense of what brings you peace. And so generally what I find is for most people, it's just knowing that there isn't worry. They're not worrying about their money. Um, That would be the starting point. I just don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be worrying how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't want to be worrying about debt collectors. You know, I don't want to be worrying about all this stuff. I just want to wake up in the morning and feel free. Um, And then the next step of that is to get to a point, and we have this massive uh, movement globally called FIRE, which is Financial Independence Retire Early. And that's to say, you know, if I start investing at a young age, I start making lifestyle choices at a young age, I could get to a point where I have enough money invested that I can actually live off that, um, maybe at the age of 40 or 45, and then go on to do things from in my life that don't that that I wouldn't do if I had to earn a salary. So it's not always about sitting down and and watching the, the flowers grow. It's about saying these are the things I would do in my life. I may do a different job, have a different purpose if I didn't have to pay the bills. So that's the ultimate financial freedom. But for me, it's just actually waking up in the morning and not being stressed. A different perspective indeed to financial freedom must say. What would you say is a perfect balance between saving and spending money? It's taking control. And I, you know, I spoke about a little bit earlier about the Money Makeover program that, that, that we run with City Press. And we see that the minute people have done their budget, they've created a debt repayment plan. That already removes huge amount of stress because they have a plan. We are, by, by, humans by nature are planning creatures. We are more comfortable when we understand where we're going and we can see the road ahead. So I think that's really, really important is just to to get a handle on it all. Just get a handle. Don't. It's sticking your head in the sand and pretending it's all going to go away is the most stressful thing that you can do. That It, it is absolutely, you know, that that's a one-way ticket to, to a heart attack. You just need to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do this. And again, in my book, I do mention, you know, when my husband and I were trenched and we had to start dealing with our budget. I mean, I remember, you know, going through this budget and thinking, but we don't have that money. Where's, you know, <laughs> what the budget, what, 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 we, what our expenses were and what our income was, was not matching. And the stress of that um, initially, but within a couple of months, you know, we knew that that's what this, the picture looked like and we made adjustments and changes. And it was amazing the difference it made in my life to have a handle and to feel like I was in control and not, and not just whatever, you know, the chaos and stuff. But I actually felt like I was in control. So I think that would be for me the thing is just, you know, sit down, look it in the face, create a plan and and start to implement it. You have shared so much valuable information with us. Thank you for that. But if you were to add to that, what are the three things that every person should do with their money right now? You know what? You, you, you start a debit order right now, today. Whatever it does, that debit order either goes to pay off some extra debt or it um, goes to investing. But we are 
we are notorious. What we do is we go and we get the money and then we go and we spend it and we say, we'll, we'll save what's at the end of the month. No, I promise you, you will adjust your spending. You will figure it out, but make the money leave your bank account immediately. So go and look and say, what are my goals? Um, if my goal is to pay off some debt, set up a stop order, whatever it is, to pay an extra installment into that. If it is to have my emergency fund, set up that now. Go do it. Say, right, how much am I going to put into my emergency fund? So at the end of this podcast, you're going to say, this is my immediate goal, and I'm going to go and implement it. If it's 200 rand, 300 rand, 1,000 rand, whatever you can afford, I'm going to go do it. So I don't know how many, one or three. That's what I would do first of all. <laughs> The second thing um, is actually just to, to list and write down all of your, your money stuff. So have one document that has your bank account, your credit card, all your debt agreements, everything in, you know, on a spreadsheet so that you have some handle on this of where it all is and what those documents are and just be, you know, again, familiarize yourself. And um, the third one, as I said, I think I've already said at the beginning, is just actually understand your budget. There's the app I use, I mean, there's two ways to understand your budget. The app that I find very useful is 227.com. Uh, That's numerals 22, 22, and then sevens written out.com. Um, I use that. I find it a great budgeting app, um, pulls in all my stuff. Otherwise, you can just start a simple, um, you know, Excel spreadsheet and just start, just start, you know, understanding your money. Thank you so much for your time and valuable insight on money. I'm thinking out loud. Maya Fisher French, we admire your work and keep inspiring us. Thank you for having me. Disclaimer The information given in this episode is not financial advice. Please speak to your financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Well, that brings us to the end of season one of Thinking Out Loud. We do have a couple of surprises lined up over the next week or two. Subscribe to find out when a new episode is uploaded. Once again, a heartfelt thank you for your love, encouragement and support. We look forward to an exciting season two. Bye for now and be safe.